Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Hi, folks. Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. Now, when you think of Deadwood, what name comes to your mind? Wild Bill Hickok. So I want you to envision this. Here's Wild Bill Hickok. Uh, he looked up and recognized the young gold miner who had just entered the number 10 saloon in Deadwood. He was known around the bustling mining town as Bill Sutherland. But the true identity, it was Jack McCall. The 25-year-old from Kentucky had played poker at this very same location just the night before with Wild Bill and had lost a lot of money to the famous lawman and frontier scout. Now, Hickok must have assumed that the young man was back in the number 10 to try his luck again at the poker table. Wild Bill had arrived in Deadwood. Their wagon party had left Cheyenne, Wyoming Territory, departing for the Black Hills of Dakota Territory during the same week that Lieutenant Colonel George Custer of the 7th Cavalry and his entire immediate command was killed by Sioux and Cheyenne over in Montana Territory. Of course, you know this, the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Buffalo Bill Cody, scouting once again for the 5th Cavalry, had delivered this terrible news to Hickok and the other wagon train members just before their arrival in the Black Hills. You know, George Custer had greatly admired Wild Bill, who had actually been a scout and a courier for the 7th Cavalry back in 1867. So he kind of took this news kind of bad. The Black Hills area was still part of the Great Sioux Reservation, and Deadwood was an, quote, outlaw town whose existence uh, was not officially recognized by the U.S. government and certainly not appreciated by the Sioux. Nevertheless, it was booming with trespassing white prospectors and merchants who believed that before long the Black Hills would be removed from the reservation and become a permanent part of Dakota Territory under civilian authority. Well, one of the prospectors was Wild Bill Hickok, though what he mostly found there were good poker games. Now, Jack McCall knew that Wild Bill would be in the number 10 playing cards again on August 2nd as Hickok signed the house credit voucher presented to him by the bartender. He may have noted the general movements of McCall, who has stopped at the far end of the bar near the front door, probably allowing his eyes to adjust to the dim light inside this narrow saloon building. Built on the lower end of Deadwood, rapidly growing Main Street, uh, the number 10 saloon was, picture this, just a rough cut wood timber building, about 20 by 24 feet in width and about 70 to 80 feet long. So not a real fancy place. 
The saloon was accessed by a large front door on wide Main Street and a small rear door that opened to an alley in the back. Now, the newspaper reported that uh, this establishment was, quote, nicely ceilinged, furnished with a fine bar and lighted by four chandeliers. Well, the card table where Hickok and three other men played poker on August 2nd was situated near the end of the bar with the rear door a short distance behind it. The card players had been at the table for almost three hours, but the game was still going strong when McCall entered the number 10 at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, unfortunately, Hickok was losing money today uh, while Captain William R. Massey was doing most of the winning. Also at the table were uh, part owner of the of the bar, a guy named Carl Mann, and another guy by the, by the name of Charlie Rich, who was a 20-year-old gambler and a house dealer. Now, Rich was seated in Wild Bill's customary wall seat. Now, Hickok had requested that seat upon entering the game around noon, but at that time, Rich had just started to win a few pots, and he had decided he didn't want to give up the stool. Hickok had to settle for one empty stool, which exposed his back to the rear area of the building. Rich would regret, regret his decision for the rest of his life. Hickok was well aware that he had enemies in Deadwood, but he hadn't let that uh, uh, fact spoil his first three weeks in the community. Although his initial, uh, initial intentions had been to work the mining uh, claims, Hickok soon found it more convenient to take the gold dust off the uh, gaming tables. And this quite ha- happened a lot, that uh, some people that started out to uh, mine usually, a lot of times found other businesses to keep them uh, in money. So the number 10 saloon had become a favorite gambling spot, but he also went to some of the other establishments in town. Now, Hickok possessed a reputation as a tough law- lawman, an accomplished gunfighter, and rumors had spread that he had come to the Black Hills in hopes of gaining a prominent position in law enforcement. His name was even mentioned as a possible candidate for marshal. But Hickok seemed content just to make the rounds of the saloons. Now, not that Wild Bill was wildly cheerful during his Deadwood days. In fact, uh, some people say that uh, he was sometimes kind of gloomy, not just when he lost to poker. But now this is interesting. He also had a premonition about his death, once telling his pal, Charlie Utter, quote, I feel this is going to be my last camp. I won't leave it alive. Hickok also said the following to a friend, quote, I feel that my days are numbered. My son is sinking fast. I know I shall be killed here. Something tells me that I shall never leave these hills alive. Now, also, he wrote the following to his wife, Agnes Lake, who he had married just uh, five months previously, quote, Agnes Darling. If such should be, we never meet again. While firing my last shot, I will gently breathe the name of my wife, Agnes. And with wishes even for my enemies, I will make the plunge and try to swim to the other shore. Well, Wild Bill never indicated that he might be denied the opportunity to fire a last shot. So, as the August 2nd card game continued... Jack McCall began to move down the length of the bar.
The night before at the same table when McCall had lost big, Wild Bill had shown compassion, uh, offering him some loose pocket change to buy a decent meal. McCall had declined the generous offer and had quickly left the saloon. Now he was back in the number 10, but that was no cause for alarm. Most gamblers who lost tried to come back as soon as possible, try to see if they couldn't uh, do better. Well, the betting on the current poker hand concluded, and this Colonel Massey uh, showed his cards on the table. Hickok gave them his full attention. The former riverboat captain had the better hand once again. Well, in disgust, Hickok said dryly, quote, you old duffer, you beat me on that one. Well, with the players preoccupied, McCall moved away and walked toward the rear door of the saloon. Stopping just a few feet away, he quickly turned and stepped forward to a position just a few feet behind Wild Bill. McCall drew his six-shooter from inside his loose-fitting clothing and he pointed at the back of Hickok's head. Without warning, McCall fired and then shot. Damn you, take that. Well, the gunshot, in, gunshot inside this narrow saloon was deafening, as you can imagine. Captain Massey was seated directly across the table from Hickok, and he jumped. He was puzzled at first, but uh, when he felt a sudden searing pain in his left wrist, he realized he had been shot. Now, he stared in disbelief at Wild Bill, thinking that Hickok had shot him in a fit of anger. But Wild Bill was quiet and still, far too still. A small hole in his right cheek below the bridge of his nose was bleeding heavily. Without uttering a sound, Hickok slowly slumped sideways off his stool and onto the floor. McCall was waving his uh, six-shooter as he kind of backed it toward the rear door, and it was easy now for Massey to put two and two together. Hickok had been shot through the back of the head by the assassin, and the killing bullet had then embedded itself in his own wrist. Well, McCall screamed. He challenged the other men in the saloon. Most of them headed for the front door in a hurry. George Shingle uh, moved out from behind the bar, and rushed to, rushed to the side of Hickok, who was laying motionless on the wooden floor. McCall pointed to his six-shooter at Sh- uh, Shingle and pulled the trigger, but the gun only snapped, a misfire. Shingle ran for the exit in desperation and panic. McCall now attempted to fire a third time, though it's uncertain who his ta- target was. Uh, it didn't matter uh, because the, it had another misfire. Well, one of the card players that I mentioned, Carl Mann, decided to stay and help Wild Bill, who still lay motionless. McCall threatened to shoot Mann, but the saloon owner didn't freeze. He went behind the bar to secure a weapon of his own. McCall finally fled out the rear door into the alley behind the building. Meanwhile, a large group of men had gathered on busy Main Street in front of the number 10 saloon. Now, McCall knew his only chance of escaping Deadwood was to reach Main Street and try to run to the south or to the west. And by his own later accounts, McCall said he tried to mount a horse at one of the livery stables in the alley, but the cinch had been loosened by the horse's owner. So when McCall stepped into the stirrup, he accidentally pulled the saddle under the horse's belly. Well, so that didn't work. So now he's still on foot. McCall finally reached Main Street by way of a narrow alleyway. 
The crowd that had gathered in front of the number 10 uh, saloon quickly spotted him, but nobody took a shot because they were afraid uh, they might hit uh, some unarmed uh, citizen or some innocent bystander. Well, the men gave chase, uh, though, and Wild Bill's killer ran inside a butcher shop to hide, but uh, McCall was soon persuaded to come out and uh, without a fight. Well, they prepared for a trial. Now, there was a Judge William Kukendall, who would soon be elected for the presiding judge of the Deadwood trial of McCall, and he was entering the city shortly after the shooting of Wild Bill, and he says, quote, We saw a large party of men down the street, and going to them, it was found they had gathered to swing Jack McCall to a pine limb, one of them having a rope for the purpose. Well, the hanging, however, was postponed. Now, the citizens organized a preliminary hearing to determine exactly what had happened in the number 10 saloon. Kukendall was elected to run the trial, which would be held the next morning at the Deadwood Theater and conducted under under the rules of civilian law. Captain Massey and Charlie Rich were among those who testified for the defense at the August 3rd trial, but there were others who testified of McCall's good character. And McCall himself stated that he uh, that he had killed Wild Bill because Hickok had killed his brother. Now, the jury, despite the evidence that Hickok had absolutely no chance to defend himself, actually found McCall not guilty. Well, obviously, the, the verdict disgusted uh, the prosecutor and Hickok's friends, who made it clear to McCall that he had better leave the Black Hills mining camps if he wanted to keep his health. Well, taking their advice, McCall soon took off to Wyoming Territory, where he soon bragged about having shot the famous Wild Bill Hickok. Well, that was a mistake. U.S. Deputy Marshal A.D. Balcom arrested McCall in Laramie. It was decided that McCall would stand trial. The earlier trial in Deadwood was ruled illegal because Deadwood was an outlaw town. So, the second trial resulted in a guilty verdict. Chief Justice P.C. Shannon sentenced McCall to be hanged by the neck until you shall be dead. So, the execution was carried out. The hanging of Jack McCall for the cold-blooded murder of James Butler Wild Bill Hickok would be the first legal execution for a crime committed in the Black Hills. And there you have it, folks. The story, the life, the death of Wild Bill Hickok. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.